The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. I'm your host, the original HBIC, Katie Boyd. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. And today is a very special, ambitious podcast. I have my friend, <laughs> my confidant, Blanche, from I'm the Blanche. Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a compliment if I'm Blanche. I yeah. mean, you love well, Blanche. I'm not fucking Rosen Island, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come from St. Olaf. Oh, I came God. from Taunton. Yes, we did. Yes, <laughs> I'm more did. of a mod type character. And then there's mod. <laughs> so, a throwback. Please. Right? Yeah. I'm an old school bitch. I don't bitch. know how the hell you know these things. That's way past your Pearl time. Boyd raised me. Oh, so you were watching and Bond? I, yeah, we had the little TV set, and I have to adjust the rabbit ears and put foil on them. Those <laughs> were the good old days, days, weren't they? Those were the days. Yes, they were. I also liked that show. <laughs> <laughs> so today's Ambitious Podcast is all about ambitious parenting, the top five ways to raise leaders. Mm -hmm. And Matt Babine, because he is an absolute expert on this, is going to be really taking over the show. And I'm going to kind of, the tables are going to turn a little bit and I'm going to kind of sit back and say stupid things that I know (laughs) nothing about. And Matt is going to actually lead the podcast. (laughs) You better get ready. I am ready. Do you have your uh, blowout pants on? I have my blowout pants on. Awesome. But before before we... Ew. My huggies. Ew, that's kind of that's turning me nasty. on. I would love to see you with just oh, huggies on, with like one little tendril of hair with like a um, a bow <laughs> a and a huge safety pin oh, yeah. holding your holding your huggies on. That's a scary situation. Mm. You can look back at my baby pictures. I'm sure I have a safety pin somewhere oh, you, yeah. stuck in some diaper. <laughs> Those big, <laughs> huge orthopedic shoes that your mother used to oh, make you wear. Oh, my God. The old shoes. Those big white shoes. I'd be clawed hopping around. And in Matt things. used to wear later Thank hosen. God for her. I love how you were the only black child that wore like Aryan Nation later hosen in all of your Olin Mills pictures. I think they were trying to make me fit in. I think so too. (laughs) It wasn't working. Oh my gosh. Well, before we start this ambitious podcast, I want to uh, read the iTunes review of the week and it is what? That's what it says. It says what? Exclamation points. And it's five stars. It's from Dima H. And she says, Katie gives it to you raw, real, and straight to the point. I love the way she tells it like it is. And if you are ready for the ultimate in your face, self-help, this podcast is for you. So sit back. Put on your big girl panties. Like <laughs> or a, your big diaper. Or your huggies. <laughs> fasten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Dima, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it from the bottom of my little black heart. And please email me at themisfitclub at gmail.com to redeem your $100 gift certificate to use towards anything 
KBMSC related. And if you're new to the Ambitious Podcast, welcome. And if you've been hanging around here for a little while, get your ass over to iTunes and give us a five-star review for Christ's sakes. It's the least that you people can do for us. (laughs) (laughs) We drop so much knowledge on your asses. We really do. And the the self-loathing and the jokes that we plan on each other here (laughs) just to make some entertainment happen on every Tuesday. You don't even know. It's just the fights, the the fist fights that happen at our house every week. You have no freaking clue. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to do this podcast. I thought it was just so important. Um, parenting, obviously, I don't have a baby from my marriage with Matt mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Um, don't get all excited, people. Everyone's going to be like yes. emailing me, texting yes. me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. C- calm your heels down. We're, we're working on it. I know that you're wait, waiting for the second coming of it Buddha. It's still practice, but we'll, we'll, we'll be working Matt, on it. Go get some lube, <laughs> some Jorgen's <laughs> lotion, and a sock and call it a day, okay? Seriously, get off my jock. But I really do believe <laughs> that, as Whitney Houston would say, the children are our future. Yes. And I think a lot of parents have children because they think like after they get married or when they're with someone for a long time, that's just the next thing you do, right? You, you, you get knocked up and you have a baby and they don't even know why they're having a child. And then when they actually have the child, they don't even know how to truly intentionally raise this child. Mm. And I feel if we ever do have a child, I want to have a child that is awoke spiritually, and that is a future leader in our world. I'm not just having a kid to have a kid to be like, look at my kid because I'm a narcissistic, egomaniacal person, which some people who have children are. They just have children because they need to fulfill something in themselves that it's maybe a hole in their soul and they think that, oh, a child is going to be the next thing that you do. Or oh, it's the next step. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And next it's bullshit. Step. I'm married now. I have a house. Up oh, next thing is, is everyone's having kids. And- Ew. No. Some of you motherfuckers should have to take an aptitude test to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Like, what the fuck? We take uh, a test to learn how to drive a car. Yep. We have to take tests to graduate high school, but then everybody can just spread their legs and have kids. Yeah. And then what happens? We're, we're fucked. Yeah, sometimes. Right? Yeah, so yeah. if you're going to have a child... I want you to listen to this podcast. If you already have a child, I want you to listen to this podcast because I think we all can be better parents. Absolutely. You know, obviously, I adopted Karina when she was much younger. Mm -hmm. So she is my daughter. 13. 13 years old. She's 21. She's a a senior at Boston University Business School, Question Business School. I think that we did a really great job raising her. You did a great job for the first 13 years. And the most prolific years of her life, I raised her. That's well, 13, why she's the woman she is today. A 13-year-old daughter it definitely needs a Dude, mom. Dude, I was just her. partying my tits off, and then all of a sudden, I'm a mom. I'm like, this is not fair. You were really good at it, though. I, I was really job. good at partying. Yeah. Oh, you were good at that, too. <laughs> so then I get this 13-year-old, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have this huge responsibility to help raise this woman to be amazing. Yes. And that was one of my main focuses from, you know, the time I met her until now. And I'm still going to try my hardest, even though I want to pull job. her fucking hair out of her head sometimes. <laughs> Who doesn't? I did do that one time. <laughs> that was a good one. Please DSS. Don't come to my door. <laughs> um, but long story short, we talked this week and we were talking about, um, you know, five ways to raise a child who's going to be a leader in our community mm-hmm. and in the world, really. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we as parents always wish for our children to become strong-willed and powerful leaders, and we want to raise them to have passion and courage, authenticity, and determination no matter what they do. But many parents want to mold their children to fulfilling a broken or forgotten dream of their own, in turn, snuffing out the natural longing of a child's soul. So we need to act as guides in our children's life and not freaking fascist dictators, mm-hmm. right? So we have to catch ourselves when we when we start to vicariously live through the eyes and the actions of our children. And honestly, like we have had this conversation before. We've done that with Karina before. Yeah. Well, we want you to go to this school yes. because like to us, that sounds prestigious, but maybe that's not even going to juice her. Right, right. So we have to ma- let our children make their own decisions. So here are Matt Babine's top five ways to raise the real deal future leaders of our world. So number one. So number one is let your kids make mistakes, right? They're going to make mistakes. They have to make the mistakes, right? So I see so many. I teach tons of kids uh, martial arts, and I've been teaching it for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've noticed is the kids that really struggle or have difficulty is the parents sometimes don't want their kids to make mistakes. Right. Not good. They have to learn from them. Now, if they're running on the street, obviously, I'm not talking about that. Right. You know, it is, I'm talking about make mistakes with their homework. Let them work things through. Right. Make mistakes. Even like, you know, we, like we were talking about Karina. It was a lot of times where, you know, you especially, you were t- saying, oh, my goodness, we have to help her get through this because this is really hard and, you know, she's having a difficult – I was like, no, let her go through it so she feels any kind of pain or yes. the mistake portion, Mm -hmm. she won't be apt to do it again, Yes, right? But if you keep on rushing in or we keep rushing in, and I want to a lot of the times, and I think that's why it's such a big one, is because you want to make it as easy and as tranquil as you can for your children. Even when your children are older. And it's, but yeah, but it's Right? Yes. Like parents are like, their children are like 50 and they're still trying to fucking get in their shit. And And it's like And it's like, it's the opposite. You're making them weak. You're making them not strong. You're making them not be able to They always uh, have a fallback uh, plan. A, a fallback plan, right? So they mm-hmm. don't have to stand on their own two feet. But, you know, now I, I can honestly say, you know, Karina definitely is on her own. She works her own job. Yes. She really is uh, – uh, She's a woman. Up. She's a woman. She's 21 years old. She is a leader. And there's times when – now it's the opposite. Like sometimes Katie has to step in and say to me, hey, let her do this. No, this was wrong. She did this X, Y, or Z. Yes. Let her bail herself out of this or whatever. And it's really parenting back and forth, yes. but it's conscious parenting, right? Right. We know that they have to make their mistakes. And I'll tell you, when you like, I I was one I was with one parent, and the at other, the dojo, at the dojo, mm-hmm. and the other day, and it was one parent was like, I was saying something to the child, and the parent answered me. I'm like, why are you answering me? I asked the child. Yes. If you answer for your child. They're never going to learn. Uh, they'll never right? find a voice. They need to have their own voice. Right. When you're not there, you're just enabling the child to be like, oh, I'll let mom say it. Or we had I'll a parents meeting um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, a lot of the parents were like, well, my child's shy. She's just so shy. She's so shy. She's so mm-hmm. shy. And I'm like, you are putting your shit of the shyness onto her. She's probably not even shy. But if you keep hearing as a child that you're shy, what are you going to do? You're you gonna fall in shy. line with that energy. And when we were talking the other day, we were having coffee on the couch um, one Sunday. And we were talking how like children are born with no fear. 
right? Yes. We as the adults are the ones that instill the fear of making mistakes. So like then we as parents in turn get frustrated when the child like has these irrational fears of like slip ups or fucking up or blunders or miscalculations. So you said the most incredible thing to me. You said, you know, Katie, think about when you were a child. Like, so you're in kindergarten, you're little kindergarten, Katie, and you were like carefree and inquisitive and you were just like YOLO and you were like living your best life and having your mud pie tea parties. Participating, using your imagination. No fear. Raising your hand. Yes, invincible. questions, not being afraid if you're right or wrong, just putting yourself out there. And it was actually a study I was reading. It was like, you know, studying kids when they were in kindergarten, mm-hmm. how out there they were. And then by the time they were 10th grade, they were in the back of the classroom. They wouldn't participate. They wouldn't focus. They would never raise their hand. All of the things that the, basically between some parents, teachers, missed associations yes. have stomped and actually beaten the life out of the child well, the ch- the and pi- have no gumption. Right. No well, gumption. the teacher will say like, you know, little Johnny, you're just not good at math. Right. Like who the fuck are you as the teacher to tell me or my child that they or me are not good at math? And that's what happened to me. Like – from a very young age, I was so artistic and so creative, and my mind just wasn't a mathematical mind. Like, right. I would look at numbers and I would be like, like, just shit myself. I'd be like, this is weird. But then, like, put music in front of me. I could sing, I could draw, I could do all, write, I could do any of that kind of stuff. Right. And then one time, and I'll never forget it, a teacher said to me, you know, you're just never going to be good at this. Wow. And then what happens? It sticks in your brain. Well, this person who's my authority figure said, I'm never going to be good at this subject. And honestly, what would happen to me as an adult mm-hmm. when I was like in ninth, 10th, and 11th grade, I would fuck off so bad in math class. I would be so disruptive. Because you kind of figure, what the heck? I, I was told I wasn't any good at this. Why would I even try? And then I had to like do something. So I had to like make the people in class laugh or be the like the cl- class clown because yeah. my, that was my defense mechanism because I felt so shitty about myself because right. I was so bad at math. Now, why the fuck do you need math? I got my fucking iPhone calculator. <laughs> fuck all oh, you teachers oh. that told me I was bad at math. Thank you, Steve Jobs, for making me a genius. <laughs> I'm a genius. You know? Yes, yes. It's like bullshit, right? Yeah. So we get these irrational fears from our families of origin, our parents, or teachers. And then all of a sudden, the inquisitive, beautiful, carefree little kindergartner is the 10th grader who's like emo, who listens yeah. to fucking Marilyn Manson all day and just thinks it's not even worth being on this earth because they're not good at math. But the good thing is it works the other way too because I can think of probably off the top of my head five unbelievable teachers that really knew how to push me. Oh, absolutely. Really knew how to make me want to be the best I could. Even if I didn't like the subject, if the teacher was awesome and they had a way to break it down and yes. show it to you and make it, you know, uh, light that spark right. of passion. Yes. And I'm like, I would look forward to seeing that teacher. I may not even like the subject. I just love the teacher. I can name five of them mm-hmm. that I know definitely had uh, a major, major influence in yes. my life and the man I am today. Right. And so, Which is so awesome. It, it works the other way too. Mm-hmm. So that's why teachers, parents, language, all these things are so, so important. So parents and teachers – you guys are really the ones that are raising the future leaders of our world. Stop being assholes and putting your shit on your kids or your students. Just because you aren't good at something or you are inadequate at something, don't put it on those poor little souls that are just trying to blossom and grow. Yes. It's like yeah, Edelweiss, yeah, for Christ's sake. Absolutely. <laughs> I know that song. Yeah. Weird. Number two, teach them that there is no such thing as 
perfection. Mm, this was a good one because uh, we were just talking about a child in dojo, right? We mm-hmm. had a parents meeting and we get together with the parents and they were talking about, oh, she's just have to, she, when she learns a math problem, it yeah, has to be, she again. has to get it right the first time. And nobody gets anything right the first time. Right. Unless you're some kind of savant or something like that, and you can just see something really quickly for the first time, whatever. That's great. But you know something? You have to walk to the beat of your own drum, and you really have to keep pace with you. Uh, it takes me sometimes more. I mean, I was not the greatest martial artist when I started martial arts. And I was actually told, I think I, I told everybody that I was told to quit. Everyone was going right, I was going left. Everyone was going forward, I was going back. Mind I you, was, my husband's a world two-time world champion. And I so. was too, you know, I was tall. I wasn't forgetting into my body. My body was growing quicker than my coordination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I took it as quit and you suck at it to, yeah, sh- I'll show you. And I just used it as fuel and said, you know something? You tell me I can't do something – I'm doing it. In and, spite you know, of so you. In spite of you. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dominate. Mm-hmm. But you know something? How many kids actually think that way? Not many. Most kids will try a sport, try an activity, try one thing. They get two things of resistance or three t- times, and that's it. That's it. They will not. They think and I they think suck. They, I suck. It's three like- out of 10,000 will continue. It's amazing. Three out of 10,000 will continue. The rest of them will just give up and they won't do anything. That's why it's so important. Um, There is no such thing as perfection, number one. Well, the idea of perfection is really just like overly accepted in our uh, westernized society. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is it's crippling our children from becoming the leaders that they were truly placed in this earth to be. Because like as Matt stated, there is no perfection it's a myth it's an urban legend and you actually said this the other didn't me perfection actually stems from fear-based thinking that's placed on our children from our own elusive grasp on this very notion so like what happens is the parent wants to be perfect Mm -hmm. never could gain perfection then has this child and says i'm going to make this child perfect because it's like an ego trip for them well, didn't you even say when we had the parent meeting, he goes, oh, my God, I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> I am a perfectionist, and she got it for me. Yes. But that took, you know, cojones for him. Oh, I was, like, say. so proud of him. I was, I was like, like oh, my God, that was amazing. Awesome. Thank you for stepping mm-hmm. up and owning that, you know? Because if you don't st- see it, you can't change it. If you think everything is perfect, you're not going to even look inside There's to no make it There's no fucking perfect, even though I would love to be perfect, and right. I try my damnedest. There's no perfection, you know? And we need to break this cycle because it's – you know, it's hurting our children and we're just passing this shit down from generation to generation to generation. We're just like raising a bunch of tweaked out wannabe perfectionists that need like, you know, Adderall to focus and like all this shit. Like I have friends that are my fucking age. I'm 38 years old and they take Adderall every day. And I'm like, you have ADHD? And they're like, no, it just helps me focus. I'm like, Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. How about meditation? How, How about, about some meditation? Yourself, like, out? yeah. Mm, okay. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. Fucking next, perfectionism. Fuck next you all. one is body language with kids. How uh, how do they present themselves, yeah. right? Uh, they acting like a leader. How are they acting, right? How do they stand? How do they sit in a chair? Do they have eye contact? Eye contact is key. It shows confidence and focus. Those little things make a huge difference, right? And I always go to my kids, what happens if I shook your parents' hand and I looked down at their feet? And I said, hi, I'm <laughs> oh Sensei Matt. Nice to meet you. Would you have come to the studio? And they go, no, Sensei, that's weird. I could never picture you looking at my feet while you're shaking my hand. How many go, kids do it? Everyone does it. They, they won't look in your eye. How many right? of the parents of the kids do it? Same. Oh, my God. Yeah, so many. It's so wild. Many. 
And but I'll, then they want their kids to be perfect right. and be like, I'm a leader. I don't fidget. I right. have perfect eye contact. Right. And the fucking parent or sometimes. parents sometimes don't sometimes. even have the body language. Yeah. Or you have a parent that ha- is, has all those things down yes. and is very frustrated because their son or daughter is not like them. Right, Ooh, and then they want me. So they want to kind of change them to be, i.e., football player, i.e., ba- basketball player. But what do we know spiritually? But what do we know spiritually about that? Uh, energy wise. Oh, energy wise. Well, let's put it like Einstein said. What a goldfish can't climb a tree. That doesn't mean he's not any good, right? It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> he swims, right? He's, right. He's, he's not a jaguar. He's not a jaguar. He's in the water. It's a goldfish. He's not going to climb a tree. Right. But a jaguar so, couldn't swim and hold its breath. It would right. drown. It would drown. So we are trying. We're taking these children who might be like left-brained. Yep. Trying to make them right-brained. Right. So frustrated because sometimes the parents are right-brained instead of left-brained. Yes. They have this beautiful little woke child who's like, I don't care about math. I want to sing or I want to yeah. create art or I want to play hockey or yes. I want to do martial arts. And the parents are like, no, you have to follow in your father's footsteps as right. this like, you know, whatever, basketball player or what the, whatever. Oh, whatever. And it's like – we have to let our children grow and blossom into what they are meant to be. Yes. You know, like my grandmother always said, there's a seat for every ass. Yes. And there's plenty out there to do and become. Right. And let them find their own passion. And that brings us to number four. Yes. Have them develop their own passion, not yours, because you like to play the piano. Don't make your kids sit there for hours and hours and hours and playing the piano. Now, Okay, now my daughter, I never forced her into anything, but I said, you're doing something. So you need to find what your passion right. is because you're not going to sit play video games. You're not going to sit and do nothing after school because if you have that time where right. there's nothing to do, there's no creativity. There's mm-hmm. no purpose. There's no definite purpose. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do. So you need to be able to fill the time with something that's productive. Yes. So if you don't like the piano, productive, then guess what? but makes your heart sing. Yes. This is the. This is like the. I think that this is the arrow mark that we're missing. Well, I think I think too that you have to get, you have to bring things to them. Yes, you have to they expose them. Expose them. Like, do you want to sing, or do you want to play piano, or yes. do you want to play sports, or do you want to do martial arts, or do you want to do horseback riding? Well, they need to have a plethora of exposures of I, different things. I just met a great dad that his son was really you know really smart kid. Really learned. He loves to read. He's like a Harry Potter type kid. Mm-hmm. He is not going to be a football player. He's not not right. yet anyways. I don't want to pigeonhole the kid. Mm-hmm. But this is where he is now. And he never found anything that was in his interest. And he goes, well, you know something? I heard somebody that, you know, you te- that I teach martial arts. He brings them to me. This kid is on fire. He's on his fourth lesson. He's already volunteering. He's showing moves. He's up in the front of the class. He's got two pieces of tape. It's like his third or fourth class. He is on fire. He's excited about it. He found his niche for now. Yes. now I don't know if he's going to end up being a black belt. I don't know. But the thing is, he's passionate and the father's happy. Now, that passionate attitude is going to flow into everything else because he has something now that's his, Mm -hmm. whether it's martial arts, whether it's dance, whether it's hockey, whether it's whatever it is, let your child find their passion and you have to help them get to that point where they can really find it and enjoy it. And check in with them, you know, ask them like, are you happy doing this? And sometimes like the kids don't understand that they are happy doing it, but maybe they're just burnt out a little bit. Or it's the 95% rule. They'll say, no, I hate it. Well, what do you mean? What do you hate about it? Well, I hate that, you know, that I have to spend time reading the music. 
but do you like to play the piano? Oh, my God, I love it. It's like the best thing. Okay, so I love owning a martial arts studio. I don't like doing paperwork. No. The 5% is I have to. To keep the building open, I have to be able to do the accounting, pay the bills, pay for all these different things. That's not my passion. But do you think that parents should talk to their children like that? Absolutely. They should talk to them just like they're human beings. Adults. Yeah. Why do we talk down to our children like that, though? That's – I don't know. It's a learned behavior? It's a learned behavior. And I think they know more than we give them credit for. We they know I way think that more. They know more than us. I think they know more than us sometimes because some I of like, the shit that I, comes out of their mouth downstairs at the I, dojo, I'm like, what I, the I f- like look in their eyes and I'm like, okay, uh, where do you really come from? Yeah, they're like from another planet. Like the <laughs> things that they say, it's like yeah, amazing. A really smart kid. So you would say to them, at, well, I guess what you're saying is you're talking to the parents right now because yes. I don't. I hope that there's no little kids listening to this filthy mouth of mine. No, no, no. But no. the parents in general. Say like, okay, talk to your children like this because I think people need action steps because they really just don't understand how to take what you're saying and push it into like real life. Well, the questions, like I said, is if you play the piano and you say you don't like to read the music and you all you say is he hates the piano, right? He just said he doesn't like the piano, so I'm going to pull him out of the piano. No, he loves the piano. He just doesn't like this one piece. Or of like the in piano. martial arts, like some kids love forms, but they don't like to spar. Yes. So you only so spar like 5% mean, of the time. Doesn't mean that he doesn't like martial arts. He doesn't like this aspect of right, martial arts. Right. So there's many, many parts to it, and you can find your niche. That's right? awesome. Your, your niche or whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Niche, niche, yeah. Tomato, yeah. tomato, tomato. Tomato, Number five. Yeah. And allow your child to be the teacher. All right. I always let my t- kids in the martial arts studio get up and teach and show the moves. And actually, one of my parents mentioned this too. It was actually he was um, in the army and he had a young kid. He's yes. in the military and he's also a police officer. And he was he asked one of his cadets or whatever come up and explain this to teach this uh, class. Teach this class. And I was he, like, he hell was no, saying, I don't know how to do it. But he goes to he goes to he goes. Well, do you know about video games? Oh yeah, he sparked up and he lit up, and then he starts talking about video games. And this he goes, oh my god, that's how you need to speak about what you already know. Yes. So if you can link the two, it's huge. Now, when you're teaching something, that means you have to really study it to be able to, t- to teach it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the kids do. They have to know the moves and so forth yes. and so on. But they get up there and they have such confidence when they're teaching somebody else. Mm-hmm. And what does it do? It already it reinforces tenfold what they already know absolutely they're teaching it now they're teaching it to themselves again Mm -hmm. and they may even pick up a couple of different things along the way while they're like you were saying we were talking about this the other day and you're like you know if you have like little guys and they're building blocks when they're like four Mm. say well how did you build this yes how did you get this structure out of these blocks and they will they will, they will show, show you. you and then they will teach you and then that you treat them like that and then all of a sudden through the roof. Right. right? Same thing with- confidence is going to go up. Their focus is going to go up. They're going to be amazing, amazing little human beings. No, I. they already are amazing. Even more, I think us even par- more amazing. Us parents are the ones that <laughs> fuck their shit up. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. And believe me, I'm not perfect, but I try to do certain things. Well, I think that that's what also parents need to hear is like yeah. if you have a child, you are going to fuck your children up. Period. Some, some way or another. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you're going to. You're not perfect. Right. Like you just have to go with the flow and always have the best intention, right? We don't want to dim our child's light because of our own fears and our own securities. That is the worst crime you as a parent 
or an adult can ever commit against your children. So I hope that this podcast helped each and every one of you to take the time to think deeply on how maybe you might be going down a fear-based path in parenting. And thank you so much for being part of this ambitious movement. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Great job, babe. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.